What's up, guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Virgins podcast, where we are here to elevate your business, take your business to the next level. We are not just agents talking the talk. We are agents walking the walk, taking it to the next level, surrounding ourselves with agents that are doing even more. And today we have our awesome co-host, Jordan Brown. What's going on, everybody? Good to be back. If uh, you're getting whiplash of the backgrounds here, yes, we are about back at uh, Pouch 6 for this. We got a, a few more credits with them, so uh, we're going to run out our course here uh, before we go back to our full-time studio podcast in the Leander, Texas area. Excited to be back. We got a banging uh, podcast for you today, so make sure you tune in, lock in. You're probably driving right now. You're at the gym. You're doing something, uh, you know, we're here to talk real estate, baby. You're in the right place. So we've got a rock star guest today, um, Reagan, our title girl, title title girl, title rep. <laughs> Sorry, our title uh, guru. Like she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a awesome. good agent resource here in the Austin, Texas. She area. adds so much value to us, and uh, she's just constantly figuring out ways to help us and and bring value. But today, we have an amazing rock star guest, a youngin. He's a youngin. <laughs> Uh, and he's done so many deals already his first year within the first, I think it's nine months or something like that. Uh, Eamon Alabadi, how you doing? Hey guys, thank Do- you for having me here. Of really course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were excited. Reagan reached out. Uh, I called her about something and she said, Hey, I've got this great guest for your podcast. Um, Eamon is nine months into the industry. Is this your 10? Yeah. There we go. And absolutely crushing it. So I, I, we've reached or we hear a lot of agents who make excuses as to, you know, the market's dictating my results, the, you know, I'm new at this, you know, I'm in a new market, whatever it is, there's always some kind of excuse and you're putting that aside and putting the work in and you're getting results. So we're, we're really excited to have you. Thanks for joining us. We know that you're busy. You've got an inspection here coming up. So we've only got, we've got about 40 minutes to pick Eamon's brain and uh, then he's got to jet out, but thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here and excited to talk about my journey and get to know you as well. Absolutely. So let's, Let's start at square one, right? What did you do before getting into real estate? It wasn't that long ago. What were you doing? What got you excited about real estate? What made you want to get into it? Yeah, so I was actually a teller at a bank, UFCU. So I graduated high school and I was like in the process of getting my license, real estate license. And How was, old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 20. 20? Yeah. baby! <laughs> so uh, were you 20 when you started, or were you 19? I was 19. Nice, yeah. nice. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I kind of like... Sorry, where were we at? Uh, where you started. <laughs> so you, you were are a bank... we live? Yeah, we are live. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bank teller? Yeah. And so I was a bank teller at UFCU, and I was before I got that job, I was thinking, I'm like, if I want to get into real estate, where do everybody go? for their real estate needs financially. It's a bank, you know, they have the mortgage, you know, you have your saving account for the home, down payment. So I kind of wanted to learn the financial part and maybe do some lending at the bank. So that way I could understand the mortgage side of things. Uh, But then it was like a five-year process and I was like, I don't really have time for that. Yeah. Uh, So I stayed at the bank for about nine to eight months. And uh, I was going to ACC at the time, getting my real estate license. And I was, uh, I had Professor Job Hammond. Uh, he was really great. Like, uh, I was doing Aceable Agents before I got into real estate, you know, getting my license. And I just did not like it. I wanted to be around somebody who's doing it out there, you know, the part, like the physical 
uh, aspect of it. Yeah. So I got my, uh, I went to ACC after high school. I was like gonna do a business, but then since I got my license, I kind of stepped out of getting my business, uh, like in marketing. Uh, and then after that, like I was at ACC studying one day a week, go to Joe's class and he just taught me so much. And he was showing me like different ways he's making money, how he met one guy and that one guy turned into four referrals. And then he netted out how much money he's made from that one person. And then like a tree just popped up in my head. It's like every person I touch is just like, you know, it's like, the viruses you see in movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like building a web of referral business or people's perspective of you and the possibility of referrals. Yeah. That's a great part about networking. I think it's one of the aspects of real estate that people don't dive in as much on. They're kind of hoping that their content will bail them out. They're hoping that they catch fire with like a viral video. They're hoping that um, their friends and family are the only ones that they got to talk to. They're almost afraid to go out and network and you're different. You're saying, I know, I understand that if I make this many connections, I will somehow net this much. Yeah. And that's kind of the formula that you follow. Yeah. That's awesome because, you know, I didn't figure I didn't figure that out at your age, man. It took me a while to understand. Blows my mind that you're like a decade younger than I. I know. Um, at, at that age, I was just thinking about where I don't even know. I was waiting tables at that time. Yeah. But I mean, it took me like till I was like maybe twenty eight, twenty nine to figure out. Oh, oh man, if I yeah. treat this person right, they could be- become five other deals. Yeah. You know? Because they're uh, referring me. Yeah. And like, for me, I think it all goes back to where I come from. Like I'm originally from Iraq, Baghdad, okay. you know, came to America in 2012, no English. No yeah. way. Yeah. Like refugees, like literally copy paste from Iraq and, and like, they just dropped me in America. No uh, way. Yeah. Like in two to three weeks, I was going to a whole different world, different school. So, and I'm a talker. So <laughs> I had a really good teacher. My first year, she was very Texan. She had an accent. And, and you didn't know what she was saying or what? No. Like, literally, for the first eight months in America, I could barely understand everything. That's crazy. Yeah. It was mostly, like, hands communication and just, like, you know, just pointing at stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how I communicated with people. Your English is so good, bro. I know. Like, I it's so it. awesome. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's a, a unique, um, like, competitive advantage that you have is, like, being bi, tri, multilingual? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I speak Arabic fluently, uh, read. My writing is a bit. But, you know, I could work on it. Uh, I think it definitely helped me because, at you know, I got into this to help people. And then, like, I feel like I could help out my community. And, you know, sometimes it just feels good to have that connection with certain clients that could speak the same language. It kind of makes me feel back at home. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like a little comforting. I think it's a really cool advantage. So are you leaning in on that demographic when it comes to uh, clients? You know, Or uh, is it most of your clients speak Arabic? Arabic uh, no. So we actually do online marketing okay. through Zillow. So that's how I kind of get a lot of my leads. Okay. And then, you know, referral base, networking. Uh, for me, I really just go out to like witches markets or, you know, just stuff around Austin and like go out there with my girlfriend and you know like do an activity and then I also just always have an eye open for like an opportunity or a networking or somebody that I could help and just kind of always leave my eyes open to like who I could work with yeah so let's tell us about your first deal yeah so it was actually it was the first guy that I ever met and he wanted to put an offer on the house like first time meeting him uh 
and uh Were you first ner- person you talk to they're ready to put an offer you're like this real estate shit's easy <laughs> yeah i got i got it through like uh so i got a call that came in it was a lead on zillow they wanted to tour a property and then i took them out there and they liked the house and within two days they wanted to put in an offer but then the house went under contract but then i ended up closing them a month later uh wow but yeah i thought it was like how really- long were you in the in in your uh how long have you been licensed or like with before a brokerage that before offer. that happened? So I got my license January 14th. I still remember that date. Uh, and then, so how I got in with my brokerage, it goes back to me being at ACC. Uh, so we had, Job used to always bring different people in the industry to come and talk to us as students to hear their experience and maybe get a work opportunity. So Philip and Lawrence uh, with Modus Real Estate at the time, uh, well, at the time, they were with Realty Austin, and then uh, they were looking for an intern. intern, mm-hmm. And that's kind of like somebody from ACC to go and, you know, yeah. help them out and then understand and kind of like be an assistant position. Yeah. And I actually was working a double shift that day, so I was not there when Philip was there. But they posted a, a uh, internship uh, through email. My professor po- uh, sent it to me. And I applied for it, you know, got a reference from my professor. And then, you know, Philip told me the position was not open. You know, they had some changes going on. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was working at the bank and I kept calling Philip probably every other day or once a day because I was like looking at his background and he started out at 18 and he've had so much success. And, you know, he's been like eight, nine years into the business and you know, I sat in his passenger seat for the first four months of me being in real estate and literally like every step he takes, I take. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him and he kind of like, you know, the team around me, you know, like everybody kind of had a little impact on my, you know, education and progress. Like I just kind of took everything, little something from everybody. And, uh, yeah. So through ACC, let me pause real quick. So guys, if you're listening real quick, one thing that I really want to expound upon is that Eamon is a sponge, right? And so what he's doing is, is he's, he's surrounding himself with people that have the knowledge that he needs to have, but not only is he listening, he's implementing, right? And so that's a big difference for a lot of agents is, is that they will sit on the sidelines and listen, but they will not get into the field and actually take action. Right? Yeah. And so go, go ahead. Yeah. So like, uh, that is a good point. You know, if, you know, if you get a no, that's the worst thing that could happen. At least try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, so yeah. I, oh, how long? So from when you got your license to when you submitted an offer, how long was that? I'll say about three, four months. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so it was three or four months before you got your, your first deal closed. And then I guess after that, it just started rolling, huh? Yeah. Uh, do you think that was a confidence thing or like, how do you, how do you think that that compounded into the results that you have now? You know, like ever since I was 14, I've always like wanted to work, you know, I've started companies, drop shipping, you know, scooter business, sold cars, like, you know, in high school, I've always had that American dream, like entrepreneurship mentality, you know, growing up in Iraq, I saw a lot of like Wall Street movies and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and like, you know, a lot of like business people Mm -hmm. and that kind of like inspired me you know I like I looked at it mimicked it you know like just put myself in their position and then you know coming from Iraq to America I just realized there's anything is possible Mm -hmm. and you know like I should take advantage of my opportunities and then I 
found out about real estate and then that kind of just, I realized I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit behind the curve. I don't want to go to college for three, four years and then end up in debt and then starting to work my way at, up afterwards. Mm -hmm. So let me just dive into this, you know, it's plan A, mm -hmm. work hard. So I had a pressure of, you know, this is the only plan I have, you know, I'm not going to college and, you know, I'm supporting myself and I really just, I'm a competitive person. It's just if I'm in a room, I always want to be number one. Mm -hmm. And it's not because like humbly, you know, it's just yeah. my mentality is I got to be number one in everything. Yeah. And ever since I was a kid, I kind of just always talked to people and, you know, got jobs at Valet at a four star hotel and, you know, working downtown for six years. I met a lot of different entrepreneurs and just just like you said, you I, worked downtown for six years. Yeah. At the age of 20. So, so you started when you're 14. Yeah. So it's like I just you know, got a job. Uh, you wow, know, that's crazy. It's just, I always just wanted to work. You yeah. Know? Uh, and what, what did you, go ahead. Sorry, what a great industry to line up that work ethic with. I think it's an important lesson that if you're willing to put in the work, you will get rewarded in real estate. A lot of people want things to come to them. Yeah. They're afraid to actually put their nose to the grindstone, make the calls, make the connections, go out and network, ask the important questions. Yeah. And you can make, you can make, that dream that you have when you get into real estate, a lot of people, when they're getting their license, they, they all kind of share a similar dream. Yeah. Being able to be comfortable and, and live well while serving other people yeah. and, and knowing that they can take care of people in a meaningful way. Yeah. And you can make that happen. I think what, what happens a lot of times is people get too comfortable. You mentioned like you come from a place where like, if I work, I'll do well. But yeah. if I if I don't, then I know that I'm gonna be in this shuffle, right? Yeah. Somewhere on um, somewhere that I don't want to be. And so you having that understanding from such a young age and being the hustler that you are, it just makes sense that you're seeing the results that you have now. Yeah. Which is so great because you and I were talking before we started rolling. Um, people like to make excuses. People like to say, hey, I can't I can't do well because of the market. Mm -hmm. I can't do well because of interest rates. Yeah. I can't do well because of XYZ. I'm brand new to this area. You put you smash all of those excuses and just do the work. Yeah. And I love that. I I just think that's such a valuable mm -hmm. lesson that listeners can can take in. Yeah. When I first met Philip, he told me he was like, There's always a way. You just gotta find it. Yep. And I've remember like my first few months he gave me about probably a thousand dead leads like go back to five years and he was like I'm not going to tell you what to do you're not my responsibility if you want to make those calls you do it so I was like and he told me a stat that if you make a thousand phone calls you're probably guaranteed at least one deal so I just started dialing the phone every day a hundred call a thousand calls a week and I still do that like you know Every Tuesday or Thursday or whenever I have a time in my car, I just dial, dial, dial. And if somebody tells you no, tell them, okay, well, is there a reason? And if they don't want to respond and hang up on you and then just call them back at 5 p.m., you know, when they get off work, you know, they could be in the middle of work, you know, <laughs> because at the end of the day, we're making calls and people are like living their life. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I think that's one thing that people get hung up on, too, is the fear of that, that rejection. No one likes rejection, right? So the idea of calling a lead and getting that rejection, they've probably got stuff going on. We're calling them and during our hours. Um, it's funny because someone commented on an event that you did. You started the event at 4.30. It went till 7. And someone said... You must have, I want your hours because 
you to throw an event at 4.30 on a Thursday must be pretty wild. And, and like that kind of made me go, dang, we do kind of have an interesting schedule that isn't conventional. Yeah. Right? We're, our hours are whatever our clients need. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to, to hear that perspective because it's not that they, they're mad at you. They just might be doing other stuff, and, yeah. and this was kind of out of the blue. So I like that you said you don't give up on it. You call them back at a more convenient time. Yeah, because it's like, you know, think about it. Sometimes I'm having a bad day. And if somebody calls me when I'm having my bad moment, if I answer, I'm really just trying to get off the phone. Yeah. Like I have to pick up. So I always kind of put other people's perspectives, emotions, you know, like their tone of their voice, you know, their surroundings. Like when I hear the call, it's just kind of like put that into perspective and just think of it from their point of view. One perspective real quick is at the age of 20, you are not afraid to get on the phone. And a thing, the thing is, is a lot of people, no offense, guys, if you're in this. You're Gen Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. In this age range, they hate jumping on the phone. And that's the major difference breaker, maker, difference maker from people that uh, will see results quicker is like jump on the phone. Yeah. Like call. I noticed, I noticed that about you. The moment you walked in, you looked me in the eye, you shook my hand and said, hey, like introduced yourself. And a lot of Gen Z kids, for some reason, I'm going to say kids. I don't mean I don't mean that disrespectfully. You're, you're a I just kid. I feel like a grandpa now yeah. that you said that you're like young twenties right now. <laughs> um, whenever I would, so I worked at a, a corporate telecom company, yeah. and I was in retail, so I got front facing customer to customer. And anytime a Gen Z client would come, or with their parent or whatever, it was the same experience, which was no eye contact, looking down, kind of you know, almost like a defeated tone weird disassociation going on always you know nose deep in the phone and right off the bat you surprised me with instant eye contact clear communication a handshake like i, I just love that i love that yeah you're like I mean, the anti-gen z kid i know <laughs> i mean that's a major difference maker right is like he's comfortable talking to people talking to people he doesn't know and he's he's confident even i what's crazy is is like you didn't really have any experience in the real estate industry from the very beginning, but you just jumped in, yeah. took massive action, and then you were resourceful because somebody gives me or gives the average person a thousand cold leads. They're like, eh, I'm going to put that over there and focus on something else. Yeah. But you actually made the calls, and that's yeah. pretty awesome. I love dead leads. You know, those thousand that Philip gave me, I managed to convert three. Wow. That's and cool. I brought back probably over 100 of them alive. You know, they might not want to buy now but it's in the next two three six eight months years you know like I don't care I always tell them I'm like I'm not calling you to try to get you to buy something right now I want to understand I know you want to buy I want to understand your position I want to know how I could put you in the right plan to get you in a home did anybody teach you how to how to speak on the phone yes uh I Everything that I've learned goes back to Philip Lawrence, Madison, and the people that I work with okay. at Modus. You know, do you do a lot of role role playing? Yes. Okay. So literally, I just watched Philip make phone calls. I went back and listened to his recordings. Mm. You know, like I started recording my like you know my CRM records my calls, and then mm -hmm. I go back and listen to them. Yeah. And I went to them, and I'm like, hey, this is what I said, and then they correct me, and then that way I fix the script. Love it. And I, it's really just me being around them. I just go on showings, you know, when they have meetings, when they're just talking. Yeah. Like my first month, Philip, uh, Philip and Lawrence, they just walk back and forth across the office on the phone. Like, you know, they were startup mode, new company. They're, yeah. They had so much stuff going on. And I think that was like the best thing for me because I just literally 
sat there, listened to all their yeah. phone calls. They didn't even probably know I was there. Like, sort of reminded you of Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, literally that. I was like, it's just the scene where they're listening to him sell on the phone. That's, yep. yeah. Yep. And that's how, like, every time I pick up the phone, I'm like, you know, I'm like, but it's not like it's a script. It's like, I'm actually calling you to get you a deal, yeah. help you out. But then I get into that mode, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. I did theater for eight years, so it's really, like, yeah. You think that helped at all? Yeah. So like I said, I've had twenty four different. I was a theater jobs. kid too. Yeah, yeah I yeah. worked at Costco membership. You know, you said twenty four different jobs. Yeah, that's insane. Because I was like, you know what? I'm young, so let me just do just, everything. <laughs> just do everything to learn. Yeah, and just that way I could have these skills. And uh, it really goes back to like having good guidance. You know, I feel like. Uh, my girlfriend and her family, like her mom, they've really like, I've been with her since we were 15, you know, mm -hmm. five years. And they were with me throughout the whole journey. And like her mom kind of like, she's a financial advisor. So she kind of gave me some knowledge and yeah. criticism and advice and took that and helped me evolve. And <clears throat> excuse me. And how I actually fell in love with real estate, it was her mom used to go to the, my girlfriend's mom, she used to go to the gym at Cowboys Fitness in Pflugerville at five in the morning, they do a class and they sit in the sauna for an hour. So one time I did it with her and then there was this, uh, you know, her friends there and one of them was a realtor and it was during the crazy time. So she was talking to me, she was just talking about how many houses she's selling and then she was telling me about how many deals and like numbers and I was like, what do you do? And then she started telling me about it and I was like, do you need a degree? Do you need anything? She's like, you just need to go get your real estate license. It takes three months or so. And you're like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, literally, I'm in. I was like sophomore, junior year of high school. And I literally called Trek when I was 17 years old. And I was like, is there a way I could get my license early? And they were like, no. But they <laughs> they gave me a 50% coupon off Aceable Agent, and I just took that. That's awesome. I, I'm having, again, Wolf of Wall Street, I'm having that so the scene of Jonah Hill he's calling. Like, he's like, hey, I'm doing this real estate thing. And he quits his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's how I kind of care. Like, show me a check right now, and I will quit my job. I will call my job and quit. You know, like that's yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> I just, I just like to keep it interesting, you know, just like shoot for the sky. Yeah. Just go out there and like the worst that could happen is you fail or make a connection and if you don't benefit from it now, something else could happen later. Yeah, so when you closed your first deal, how did that make you feel? I was re I was really like I didn't know what was going on. Really? I really was like only one. I I think I should be doing more. Oh, okay. I don't So you weren't you weren't like happy with just having the one. You're like I why am I not getting more business? Yeah, cuz like Philip told me, he was like if you're just worried about one closing, and one thing at, at a time, then what, gonna what's going to happen in two months when your phone is not work, like nobody's calling and no, you don't got nothing going on because two months ago you were not prepared for it. Yep. So I was like, I realized I'm like, I cannot pump the brakes. Like yep. it's great. I did the closing, you know, take the picture, celebrate, you know, uh, make sure the client is good, follow up afterwards. On to the next. On to the next. And, uh, what I actually got into is new build communities. And I really love new builds because, you know, like even at ACC, Job was telling me about you just walk in there and you give the client to the sales agent and they take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. And but then when I got into real estate, I started to realize that the interest rates were going from five to seven, eight percent. Everybody I was calling, they were scared of the interest rate. You know, the news is four to six months behind. And 
but Philip was literally telling me that we're in an inventory deficit is a really good time to buy. But I'm like, everybody else is saying it's a bad time to buy. And he's like, well, you know, if the interest rates are higher, property value is usually lower. And if you buy at the bottom, the rates come down, you could just refinance, your monthly payments go down, your equity could go up. And, you know, if you go in at a 3%, 4% interest rate market, then you're going to be against 15, 20 people. And you're going to have to overpay and you're going to be limited. But in this market, it's like you could go in there to the seller and you could ask for seller credit for rate buy down. There is different programs like CRA, which is the Community Reinvestment Act that uh, my lender, Jed, uh, has. And they used to give you two and a half percent of the loan amount towards rate buy down, but they dropped it down to 1.75. So I kind of just started getting creative, like finding all these different programs. And I go to people and I'm like, look, I know the interest rates are high, but you know, two years ago or a year ago, this home was going for 100, 200K more for where it's at right now. And it's been on the market for 30 days and they've already done a couple of price drops. You know, let's go in there and, you know, try to drop it down by another 20, you know, get your right to terminate due to lender appraisal. Uh, and that's to protect you later on if the appraisal doesn't come for the same amount of the, uh, whatever you put the list price, uh, sorry, the purchase price at, then you could terminate, drop the price, and you know you could I could go more. You're kind of you're you're removing the risk behind it. Yes. You're easing their concerns. I hear you on interest rate. Let me tell you about this awesome option that's over here. Yeah. And then you know, hey, if if you're worried about it, like you are protected by the contract, I'm gonna make sure that that happens for you. Yeah. You're disarming them. You're yeah. making them more comfortable. Because I'm here telling them that you know the property values are at a lower point right now, and they're like, what if my house keeps going down when I buy it? Or what if the appraisal comes back? And I'm like, well, I'm going to add these different things for you in the contract to protect you. But also keep in mind, when there was 15, 20 offers on a home, when you're waiting for the rates to come back down, you're not going to have that option to put that, you know, in the contract, you're going to have it like Philip was telling me you get 15 to 50 offers on a home and you know, you're putting double or like three, four percent option and, you know, two day, op uh, yep. sorry, earnest money yeah. and then like two day option. And I just feel like if the rates are low, like the buyer is just not protected in that point. Oh, 100 like, percent. Well, it's amazing how many how many potential buyers are out there with the negative outlook of today's market, or at least in our local market. We have listeners from all over. Some of this may not apply to, to all of them. We, we have listeners who their market's still ablaze, right? Yeah. And still you can put a sign up and it sells over the weekend. But here in our local market, it's amazing the conversations I have where people's perceptions are that it's a bad time to be a buyer because solely based on rates. Yeah. And there's so much more to it than rates. Yeah. Like you said, if we were talking two years ago, we'd be formulating this plan. Sure, you're gonna get a three, 4% interest rate. You're gonna pay a hundred grand more yeah. on top of this. Yeah. You're gonna possibly have to give up your, I never suggested this, but we, we saw it, right? You and I were in the thick of it, John. Um, we'll waive our inspection. We'll yeah. waive our appraisal. We'll make up the difference in cash. All this crazy crap that was going on, somehow people have gotten this narrative that right now is the bad time to buy. No, I'm like, Austin, it's a, you know, like a lot of people think the boom has happened. I don't think, it, you know, it's crashed the surface yet. You know, like Georgetown, uh, Kyle, Liberty Hill, you know, t in the top 10 fastest growing cities in America. You know, Tesla just got a million 
uh, square footage of storage unit in Kyle. You know, Round Rock voted number one place to live in the U.S. Yeah, like you know, uh, film studios coming out here. Like everything is, you know, it's in the process. And like I always tell people, I'm like, when we go tour houses, like on the east side or, you know, uh, four or five zip code south or oh four, I'm like, hey, this house in 2016 15 was literally three 250k and now it's seven eight hundred and i'm like real estate has appreciated by five thousand percent over the last 80 years and only seven bad years out of those 80. so um back in uh in the crazy where rates were so low everybody was so greedy very greedy and warren buffett says has that quote and i'm sure a lot of you have heard it but uh be fearful when people are greedy and greedy when people are fearful, yeah. right? And so right now, people are fearful, yeah. right? And so one of the principles that Warren Buffett has done his entire life is become greedy when people are fearful. Right? Yeah. And right now might be a good time to purchase properties because people have a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, well, understanding your client's goal is really important right now yeah. because conversations you're having yeah. with a primary home buyer who's planning to be in the area for 25, you know, looking to retire here, whatever it is, that's a different conversation than, hey, I'm looking to have a one-year return on my money. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a hard money loan, and I want I want to flip. Yeah, yeah that's, that's scary. Those are, those are such different conversations and approaches because they're different criteria. The yeah. clients are so vastly different. Their expectations of what they want with this property purchase is so different. Yeah. You've got to leave in four minutes, right? Uh, no, I got till about 3.50. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, question I had was, uh, when it comes to listings and buyers, uh, about what percentage are you working with each? So I kind of, you know, I do everything. Okay. Uh, so for me is if... I mostly like to work with buyers, you know, Uh I like the buying side. Mm -hmm. I like being out there, you know, in the field, making connections, having these crazy adventures in one day and you don't like, you just put something on your calendar and you have a whole journey. Yeah. Uh, For listings is like, I have a good knowledge, you know, like I've worked on some, I, I feel like I can mostly buyers. Yeah. Okay. But any listings that I get, which I've had about four, I just have my company handle it. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, I, my first couple of years, I was just working with buyers as well. Yeah, like, I prefer I prefer working with buyers too. I, I think market. it's no, well, not even just this market. Like even in my experience with listings, don't get me wrong. Like of course, where wherever you're making money is going to be fun. Yeah, but as far as like who I personally like helping, I think there's nothing more rewarding than helping that first time buyer yeah. like close on a home and then be so excited and be like, uh, we talk about all the stories that that we've shared on this podcast, like. I had a gentleman who said, um, I'm the first person in my family to own a home. Yeah. And like, damn, man, like I got to play a very small part in that. That was cool. Yeah. Sellers like they're they're transitioning to a new phase of life, which is also exciting. But there's just something about being on the buy side, um, particularly for me with first time home buyers, because I think it's just such a it's a big risk for them. And yeah. when you can help make that not so risky and you make it a pleasant experience and they rave about how excited they are, yeah. that feels really good. Yeah. It was like, you know, of course everybody wants to make money and then, you know, doing real estate. Like for me is the thing that satisfied me the most. And I really appreciate about my, you know, career in real estate is I get to influence people and be there for them and like actually be a, be a part of a big decision they're going to make, you know, like you're moving into a home. This might be your home for the next 
five to 20 years, you might raise family, you know, like I like to put everything into consideration and, and make the person as happy as they are with the home. Cause I never want you to call me six months or a year later. And you're like, I never want to work with you again because uh, this has been the worst decision I've made. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it has not happened to me and I just never want to be in that position. So I always like want to make sure that I deliver the best services. And like I have, I work with investors. I work with first time home buyers, you know, I work with everything, you know, uh, and every single client I have a different process for, like for investors, spreadsheets, you know, like if they're looking for short term, long term rental, I create a spreadsheet and we have a team of real estate admins at our company, about seven or eight of them that help us with uh, our emails, you know, scheduling showings, uh, creating spreadsheets for us. So what I do is I go and pick 10 to 15 homes that are from 300 to 700 K, but make 70 to $80,000 a year in Airbnb with an occupancy rate higher than 60%. And I have like different systems like AirDNA that I use that get the data from. And then like, I have the chart where it tells you which months are slow and fast. And I always explain to my clients that are, you know, this is just a average and it, you know, AirDNA it's 97% accurate but it's just some data for you to walk into and like see what you're going to be playing around with. So do you create that data before you show the house or do you show the house and then create the data? I show the house. Okay. Got so it. for me, like I could get a call at any time, like right now, and then I pick up and it's a client and you know, I stay on the phone with them for 60 seconds. I go out there and do the tour. And from there I built the report, you know, yep. hear yep. their needs, see what they're looking for. And then after that, I kind of, give them my spill because maybe they never call me again. Maybe I'll never see them again. So, so let's repeat that real quick. You get the call, then you show the house. And when you show the house, you build the rapport. Yes. Okay. And that a lot of people try to do it on the phone and it's, it's not the same. And like, yeah, like, you know, you know, most agents or like I've had people that have called other agents through Zillow and they're like, yeah, the agent was asking me how much money I have. If I qualify, they're asking me all these questions and people get scared. Yep. For me, I'm like, I don't care if you qualify or not. I just want to make the connection, Yeah. you know, because maybe you can't qualify now. Let's figure out how I could get you to qualify or maybe go use USDA if you're open to being 40 minutes outside of Austin, you know, take you out to Elgin. Uh, there's a lot of different programs, you know, if people don't have down payments, like get creative. Like sometimes it's just, I don't want to scare people off the right way. Yeah. I think what I took away from that is you're adaptable, mm -hmm. meaning that you you can change your approach based on what your client's goals are. You're resourceful. You supply information. You provide data whenever necessary. For example, you probably wouldn't go through the spreadsheet thing with a first-time home buyer. That they, it doesn't make sense to them. Like that data doesn't apply to them. Yeah. Right. And so, and then you're focused on the relationship. Yeah. It's not so much about making you care more about the connection. It's not. It's not like, hey, am I going to waste my time coming out and showing you this house? That doesn't matter. It's yeah. more so like if you're not prepared. I'm going to be there when you, when you are prepared, yeah. I'm going to help get you there. Yeah. And that's so important. People, people, I think turn down opportunities whenever the, the initial inquiry isn't everything. Yeah. Right. When they're not ready to go right then and there, they almost brush it aside. Like it's not, not worth the time. And it can be, there's, there's opportunities left on that table. So yeah. There's a big opportunity for you though, since you're doing so many, uh, so many contracts, you know, your first year is to multiply those same contracts you know those 
each each individual closing right building a relationship with them so that they start telling their aunts uncles friends yeah neighbors teachers you know stuff like that so like lawrence one of my bosses he always uh, our broker he always tells me this every person knows seven people that are going to do yep. a real estate transaction a year my job is to go in there be as resourceful as possible show my work prove you that i'm here for you and i want what's best for you and then the rest will follow. It's like a snowfall effect. Yep. And I don't really just do it just because I'm like, I want to make, I really do it because I'm passionate about it and I yeah. care about people getting good homes. Yeah. I've got two questions before you Whoa, go. Oh, I got something. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm going to fight you. I know. I'm real gonna quick. I'm going to punch real, you on camera. Real, no, go. It's fine. Real quick. It's fine. Uh, go. You, you know, so right now you're in the grind mode, right? Yeah. You're grinding, 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 calling, calling, calling. And, and yes, that is extremely important. And for a certain amount of time, you, you got to do that, right? Yeah. But what's really cool is when you get to a point where all of those clients that you serviced at a very high level start coming in year three, year four, year yeah. five, and you, you've serviced them at a high level as well as between year one and year five you've they've been giving you their friends family right and so it starts compounding into this, yeah. a massive amount so 19 deals turns into 50 deals turns into 100 deals right yeah and so you servicing those clients you know 19 deals is awesome but year five it's going to be insane yeah like next year i think i already have like six months lined up already and Let's i go. have like in my crm with their month tagged and i'm following up with them it's like like you said when i first started out i was like things are not happening yep but now I'm starting to get the referrals, you know, the timelines, everything is built out in 2024. I am hoping to be the biggest year yet. Let's and go. Uh, I'm, I want to double or maybe triple. And I'm going to introduce you to an agent that is insane. Like he's doing numbers like in crazy. I would love uh, that. So uh, it's literally unbelievable. But I feel like it would be a good connection for you. And the reason I've been able to convert, it goes back to these new build communities. You know, the, if the interest rate is 7%, 8%, these new builds, every time the rate goes up, they drop a crazy incentive with a low rate. Yeah. Right now, it's the end of Q4. They want their numbers yep. to look good. They're doing 50 to 100K price reduction. They're offering 3.99 interest rate for 30-year fixed, 3.75 for 10-year arm, you know, rate buy-downs, warranty, 1 to 10. Like, 3.75 10-year arm, huh? Yeah. So that's what I do. Like, which which builder is that? Bronze. Bronze, okay. So cool. there's these are the builders that always do the good incentives. Taylor Morrison, they have, like, it never stops. Bronze. Uh, Brightland Home drops some good incentives every now and then. D.R. Horton. Uh, and we've got agents all across the nation, so so they may not, not know some of these builders, but thank you for, for uh, sharing that. And the other bonus is, uh, like, they're doing 5 6% commissions. Yeah. 4% commission. So for me, it's like every Monday I go to my laptop and I search homes from. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. <What? No>, no. <laughs> There's something going on right now that I'm just protecting you. Probably you shouldn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Uh, but yes. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I think I think everyone listening understands <laughs> you. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk off camera. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah. What's really cool is builders are uh, giving better incentives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So a great way for buyers to win. I love that you stay up to date on what's going on with builder incentives because that's that just helps you educate your buyers. Yeah, and that's what helps attract clients. Uh, clients when when they're when someone in their head is going rates are at eight percent. And they pop up and see your video where you're saying 3.75. If you think that doesn't raise their eyebrows and pique their interest, you're wrong. 
and I'll get you a fridge, washer, and dryer too. Dang. Blinds and gutters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, awesome. uh, I, li- I like the sales agents. Like They'll just text me whenever time they have a deal. Yeah. Like they're, Call their online sales agents. Ask them to send you every week or two their inventories. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've got about two and a half minutes left maybe. I want to ask you, I'm going to scrap one of the questions. We'll save that for another time. Yeah. We got to know where 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 people can find. No, it. no, not just that. Okay, I'll bear with me. Okay, you're good. Where you strike me as a goal person, a goal oriented person. What are your goals? Like, what what is driving you? What is this thing like? Do you write down your goals on a daily basis? Do you have a dream, like a vision board? What is it that keeps you driven and on track with what you're trying to achieve? I think for me. I just want to inspire others, you know, from my background, uh, you know, I'm the oldest of three siblings. I just want to set a good example for people and show them that no matter what your situation, where you come from, what you're going through, if you have a dream, you stick to it, you work hard and you go out there and try and fail, it will happen. Like I'm doing all this just to help inspire other people that come into America with no English, you know, Family doesn't understand what was going on, and you could grow and succeed if you just go out there and try and meet the right people and put yourself in rooms nobody could ever dream of just because you've talked to somebody. And education as well. It's like, I really want to do this, and then eventually five to seven years and just focus on educating. Like, one of my goals is to go back to ACC and teach some classes That's there awesome, dude. go because, back where it all started yeah like acc it's a really great place for real estate uh, people who wants to get into real estate because it changed my life put me in uh, with opportunity opportunities i never would have gotten before i interviewed with 12 different brokerages before i even got my license so it's like just because i went to acc and they told me to do that they have real estate club it's 1200 bucks and I really like that place will always have a place for where can people heart. find you? Uh, you know, Instagram, Amen the Realtor. Uh, that's kind of it. I'm still trying to work on my social media. No worries. No worries. <laughs> that's where we found you. I mean, bro, you're actually, crushing it. I know you're yeah. crushing it. Don't apologize for crushing yeah, yeah, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Like wherever, whatever medium's working, it, it, yeah. it's working for you. Yeah. Also real quick update. Uh, power hour every Monday is now going to be switched to once a month. Uh, it's been a lot of work for us. So we just want to, well, We'll uh, update you guys on our Instagram account uh, at Real Estate Virgins Podcast. And then also personal is at John Michael Perez, yours. At Jordan Sells ATX. Hey, guys, if you learned anything today, which I sure hope you did, because if you didn't, get the hell out of listening here, because <laughs> this was so valuable. Love I, it, man. I think it's I think it's just a, a showcase of what can be done when you truly stop making excuses and you just do the freaking work. Yep. Um, there's no substitute for doing the work. Yeah. You can have great marketing. You can have social media. You can do all that. But if you're not willing to do the work yourself, you will fizzle out in this industry. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys in the next one.